Well, why don't we pray and ask the Lord to speak this this morning on this first day of 2023. Lord, we're so glad to be here together this morning in your presence and with each other. And we're so thankful that we can open up your word and hear from you this morning. And Lord, we just pray that, that we would hear from you today. That as we begin this new year, that you would say something to us this morning, just to take into the new year, something that we need to hear this morning. Would you implant it in our hearts and would you help us to live in light of it? But we long to hear your voice this morning, so speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 525,500. 525,500, what am I talking about? What is, what is 525,500? Come on. Oh, come on, you all know that, no? What? Second, nope, nothing to do with seconds. I'll break it down, we'll put it in the hours, okay? So 525,500 minutes works out at 8,760 hours. 8,760 hours in what? A year, yeah. So we're about 11 and a half hours in, so we have a bit less than that. But every year we have 8,760 hours, and they just tick away, don't they? They just tick down, they just go. Um, every year, as we begin a new year, we can't help but think about time. We think about the year that has been very often. Very often we think about the years that have been. We wake up on the 1st of January and we think, it's 2023? What? Where has the time gone? Time just keeps on ticking, doesn't it? It doesn't stop for anyone. Time waits for no man, the poet says. Or as Van Morrison says, precious time is slipping away. You know you're only king for a day. It doesn't matter to which God you pray because precious time is slipping away. Time marches on. Time doesn't stop. Time keeps going. And this morning as we begin 2023, I want us to think about the use of our time and how we use our time and how we might use our time well in the coming year. We're going to look this morning at that passage from Ephesians chapter 5. We're also going to look at a few examples from the life of Jesus. But my hope and my prayer has been this morning that God will say one thing to you this morning that he will say one thing to you about the use of your time and how that you can use it better. Ephesians 5 is a very challenging verse, verses 15 and 16. If you have a look at verse 15, it says this, and I'll read it from the ESV because I like it better, but it says, look carefully then how you walk. And one of the things that we very often don't like to do is to assess our lives, to look at them in detail, to think about them. But this morning I want you to think about your life. I want you to do what Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says. I want you to look carefully at how you walk. Look carefully at your life this morning. Look carefully at how you use the time that God has given you. That's what we're going to do this morning. And then this morning the, the passage says that we're to look carefully at how we walk. And look at the next thing. Not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So when it comes to our time, this passage says that we're not to be unwise with how we use our time. Instead, we are to be wise with it and we're to make the best use of the time we've got. 
But I think there's a challenging question. What are some unwise ways that you use your time? If I was to take a video recording of your week, okay, Sunday to Sunday, and I was to watch it back, what are some of the unwise ways that I would see you using your time? If I was to watch my own life back week to week, I wonder what would be the unwise ways that I would be using my time. To be wise, it's to live life in a way that pleases God. That is how we live wisely. And so to be unwise is to do things with our time that aren't pleasing to God or aren't helpful for us. Let me say that again. To be unwise in our time is to use our time to do things that don't please God and that don't help us. Let me ask you this morning, are there things you do day in, day out that are really very unwise? Are there things you do that are really, really unhelpful to you and to your mental health and to your spiritual health and to your physical health? Are there things you do that are unwise? Well, if there are, my encouragement for you this morning is to get rid of those things to put them in the bin for 2023, to, to bin them, to take them out of your life, out of your daily life, out of your weekly life, out of your life in total. And there's a few things I think this morning that I particularly want to encourage you to bin. And the first thing is looking back with regret. That is an unwise and unhelpful thing to do. It's hard, isn't it, when it comes to a new year? You can't help but look back to 2022 and think, do you know what, I didn't do that. And I didn't accomplish this. And, and I didn't do this thing that I really wanted to do or that I sensed the Lord wanted me to do. We can look back on the year that's gone with so much regret. And we can do that right back in time, can't we? We can go back decades. We can do a whole rerun of our life and spend hours and hours and hours thinking about the past and regretting things. That is an unwise thing to do, friends. Does that help you? Is that good for you? Is that useful? Is that wise? Of course it's not. I know this is hard to get our heads around, but God is in control of our life. All of our days have been ordained by him. And so to look back with regret and think about all those things in the past that we didn't do, that is an unwise thing to do. And I want to encourage you in 2023 just to bend that. Just stop that. That's not helpful. That's not wise. It's not even a godly thing to do because God is the one who's in control. So bend that. That's, that's a first thing to bend. Now, another thing that, that you need to try to bend is to stop looking ahead with fear. We don't know what the future brings, do we? We don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. We don't know what news headline is going to hit the news tomorrow morning. We have no control of the future. And yet very often we waste so much time, don't we, imagining what might be, imagining what frightening things might happen, imagining what scary things might be ahead. We, we, we use our mind and we project into the future and we get afraid of things that may never come to pass. I'm not the only one who does that, right? You do that? Yeah, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm not the freak here. And yet it's such a waste of time, isn't it? I mean, how many of you have, have done that and projected a future and all these scary things and they've just never happened? 
and yet you've given your emotions and you've given your fear to that. Again, I want to encourage you not to do that. Don't project into the future and worry about things that may never happen. What does Jesus tell us? He tells us that today has enough worry of its own. Live in the present. Worry about what's in front of you. Worry about day to day. Worry about the things you're really facing, the things that you are going through. And try not this year to project into the future and spend and waste time thinking about what's ahead. Again, God knows the future. He's that in control. He's got it in control. We don't need to worry and fear about that. We just need to live day to day worrying about what's in front of us. So been that, number two, been looking ahead with fear. And then the third thing I want to encourage you to bin is been looking at others with envy. Oh, what a waste of time that is, but what a lovely hobby it is for many of us. We look at the Joneses up the road. Well, look how well they're doing. Look what they have. Look how their life's going. And then look at me. And we look with envy at other people. And I think if you're my generation or below or slightly above, then the way we look with envy at others is through Instagram feeds and through Facebook posts. And we waste this crazy, scary amount of time just being envious of other people. And again, I want to encourage you just to bend that this year. Just take that and throw it in the bin. Get rid of it. It's a waste of time. It's an unwise use of time. It's harmful for you. And also, what does it do? It dishonors God. The Lord has assigned where you live. The Lord has assigned the family you have. The Lord has assigned everything you own is from him. Everything you've got is a gift. And to look at others with envy is to, well, I guess to, to turn to him and say, well, what you've given me isn't good enough, God. So bin that. So three things to bin. Looking back with regret. Looking ahead with fear and looking at others with envy. Now, maybe the Lord has spoken to you already this morning. And I guess binning those things can be hard. But I want to encourage you in the year ahead to, to really try to bin those things because it will be good for you. Bin those unwise uses of time. But then what about being wise? There were very negative things. What are some of the positive things then? If they're the things that are not helpful to us, if they're the things that are harmful to us, if they're the things that were to bin, what are some things that will be helpful and wise for us today? What would be a good use of our time in the coming year? Well, again, let me suggest a few things. And, and for these, we'll look at the life of Jesus and we'll see him doing them. And if Jesus did them, they're wise. And if Jesus did them, they're probably helpful for us to do too. So one thing I want to encourage you to do in the coming year is, is to spend time with God, to make time for God, to make time for him in your life. Um, for some of us, you know, some of us are at a stage of life where we're maybe not as busy as we used to be and where we're maybe not doing as much and we maybe have more time on our hands. But I suspect for most of us, we're very busy. We're extremely busy. We don't have enough time in the day to do everything that we want to do. And so to those of you who are very busy, this is a real challenge and this is something I really want to encourage you to work out how you can do. How can you spend time with God and make time for God in the coming year. We have a God who loves us. 
We have a God who we can talk to. We have a God who wants to talk to us through the scriptures. We have a God who says to call him our father. We have this God who wants to walk with us through every moment of life. And yet very often we don't make time for this God who loves us. Sure we don't. We're just busy about our day, busy about our week, busy about our month. We don't make time for him. So I want to encourage you to make time for God. And Jesus does this, doesn't he? Every day. The Lord, it seems, when he was on earth, took time to spend one-on-one with his father. We're told in Mark chapter 1 there, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Before the hustle and bustle of the day, before the shops opened, before the house got busy, before any of that stuff, Jesus got up and he left And he went to a solitary place where he could just enjoy talking to his father in heaven. Now, I'm not advocating that you get up 3 a.m. every day, you know. Otherwise, you'll be sleep praying. Um, But but I do want to encourage you to think of a time. When is a time each day when you could have a little time with the Lord? Maybe it's the morning before everyone gets up. Maybe it's over lunch. As you have your lunch, you take 10, 15 minutes and just have time with the Lord. Maybe it's in the evening after your dinner with your family. Maybe it's just before bed. But I want to encourage you to to this year, try and find a time in the day, a short time in the day, when you will just focus yourself on the Lord, when you'll praise him, when you'll pray to him, when you'll read your Bible, when you'll worship him. I want to encourage you to find a time and find a place. Where can you do this? Where can you do this quietly? If you're working in an office, is there a place you can go to get away from everybody? If you're doing it at lunchtime, can you go out in the car? Can you go out for a walk? If you're in your house, is there a seat you can sit on? Is there a room you can go to? Find a time, find a place, and then find a plan. Um, I remember I, I, I went to church um, as a teenager, and I wasn't a Christian, and I was pretty challenging for the youth leaders, but I remember every single youth talk, like, and maybe this is just my perception, but I felt like the application of every youth talk I ever heard was read your Bible and pray. You know, so the talk will be, be talking about something, then the application will be go home, read your Bible and pray. And I always thought, I'd like to do that, but I don't know how. I don't know how to do that. How do I read my Bible? Can you imagine as a teenager, just right, I'm going to read the Bible today, and you open it up at a random place and start reading, and it makes no sense. So get a plan and get some Bible reading notes. Um, get a Bible app. Get something that's going to help you to read the Bible and to pray. And this week, um, today or tomorrow, I'll send out a little text with a, a newsletter and I'll have a few resources that you can use just to get you in it. But make a plan. What are you going to read? How are you going to pray? What are you going to pray for? Make a plan for spending time with the Lord. And do that every day if you can in the coming year. Um, I heard a great quote whenever I was a, a brand new Christian and I've tried to, to, to not, not fully live this out, but try to live this out. It's by a man called Smith Wigglesworth. And he says this, he says, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at one time, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. Isn't that a brilliant quote? I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer at one time, but I never go more than half an hour without praying. Again, I just want to encourage you, as you live out your life, as you live out your normal life, speak to the Lord. Have a conversation with him as you go through your day.
So make time for the Lord. Another then thing to make time for this year, another wise thing, a good thing, a helpful thing, a great thing to do is to make time for people. I love how much time Jesus made for people. Jesus, whenever I read the Gospels, he seems really busy. I mean, he seems to have a lot on his plate, doesn't he? He seems to be doing an awful lot of stuff, a lot of preaching, a lot of teaching, a lot of, a lot of discipling. He seems to be a busy, busy man. He's only got three years to invest in these guys so that when he leaves, they're, they're ready to go. He's a busy, busy man. And yet Jesus always at the same time seemed to have time for people. I love it. Zacchaeus, it's brilliant, isn't it? There he is up the tree trying to catch a glimpse of Jesus. Jesus is all this crowd around him. He's busy teaching all of that stuff. And yet when he walks past Zacchaeus, he says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Hey Zacchaeus, let's go have some tea together. Hey Zacchaeus, I want to spend time with you. I've got something I want to tell you. I want to spend time with you Zacchaeus. And it's not just the case, is it? Throughout the Gospels, you see Jesus having time for people. And I really want to encourage you in the coming year to, to make time for people. There's some of you here this morning, maybe you need to make more time for your family. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you really are neglecting your family relationships. Your relationships with your brothers or your sisters or your parents or your grandparents. You're so busy, you don't have time for them. Well, I want to encourage you in the coming year to make time for them. Make time to see them. Make time to spend with them. Make time to, to be with them. I want to encourage you too to, to make time just to be with your friends. One of the frightening things is that we can get so busy and neglect our friendships that we can end up isolated and alone with no friends. And I want to encourage you if you've neglected your friendships, Make time for friends. And another thing I really want to encourage you is to make time for one another. I call this my church family. Raven Hill is my church family. You are my church family. We are a church family. But sometimes I don't think we spend enough time together outside of Sundays. So I want to encourage you, if you can, a really good use of your time will be to spend time with each other. To go out for a walk, to go for a coffee, to have a meal. Get to know each other in the coming year. Make time for one another. So two wise uses, make time for God, make time for people. Another one then, make time for rest. Jesus was extremely busy, but Jesus also rested. He observed the Sabbath every week as part of the Jewish custom, but there were other times when he, he would have taken his disciples away just to have a bit of a rest. Look at there. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have the chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Hey guys, come on. We've been so busy. Let's go and have a rest. And I want to encourage you in the coming year to be people who take time to rest. And I know that that can be hard. It's funny, isn't it? Rest is a hard thing. If you're a doer, if you're someone who likes to do lots of stuff, rest can be really difficult. But I want to encourage you in the coming year to take time to rest. Take a day off a week where you are resting, not just being really, really busy. Use your Sunday wisely. 
come to church and take time to rest in the afternoon. Rest. Uh, maybe rest from social media for a, a day a week or for some time. Maybe rest from electronics for a while so you're not constantly bombarded by other people. Maybe rest by taking up a hobby, something that you can do and find refreshment through. But whatever you do, I want to encourage you in the coming year to take time to rest. Rest and trust God. Rest is a big thing the Lord commands us to do. And then another thing is to make time for interruptions. Now, I have to confess, I hate being interrupted when I'm doing something. Um, some days I will have a very nice plan. Lots to get done, lots at home to do, lots for the kids to do, lots with church to do. And I have a lovely kind of, I like it when I've got like a timetable, you know, I'm going to do this at this time, this at this time, this at this time. I'm one of those people, I like that a lot. And so one of the things that really bothers me is whenever that gets interrupted by people. You know, I'm planning to do something and someone calls and um, something's broken or something's happened to the car or, or something needs fixed or there's something going on where I need to go see someone. And, and for so often I've got really annoyed by that. And maybe you're like that. Maybe you're one of these people who has a plan for each day, a plan for each week and the thought of interruptions just is a nightmare to you. But what I've seen in my own life is that these interruptions are not interruptions at all. They're divine appointments. They're the Lord actually having a say in my day. And whenever you look at Jesus, again, like I was saying, a, a guy with lots to do, busy, lots going on, lots to accomplish, lots to achieve. And yet Jesus, I think, was one of the most interrupted people ever. Have you noticed that when you read the Gospels? I mean, you got this one, Jesus has entered Capernaum, a and he's, he's going there to do something, and a centurion comes to him and says, Lord, uh, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus says to him, shall I come and heal him? Jesus is doing something, and he's interrupted. And he doesn't say, go away, I'm busy. He says, okay, well, let me deal with this. Let me engage with this. I read a quote that said, this week it said, Jesus even had his interruptions interrupted. And again, do you remember that? There was Jesus and he was, he was, he was teaching crowds. And do you remember Jairus' daughter uh, said, here, look, will you come and, and see my daughter? So he's been interrupted from what he's doing by Jairus' servants. Hey, Jesus, will you come and heal my daughter? And so he's going to heal the daughter. So he's been interrupted once and he's on the way to heal the daughter. And then there's the woman who's got the issue of blood and she touches him and power comes out and he needs to stop again. He's interrupted. Jesus was constantly interrupted. And yet he didn't say, go away, I'm busy. He didn't say, listen, I don't have time for this. He, he let the interruptions shape what he did. And I just want to encourage you this year not to be so consumed with achieving the things on your list that you miss out on the things that God has on his list for you to do. I want to encourage you not to see interruptions as kind of annoying or frustrating or getting in your way, but as divine appointments the Lord has put in your path. C.S. Lewis says this, the great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life the life God is sending one day by day. 
the interruptions are not an interruption to your real life, but the real life that God is giving you day by day. I want to finish with one final thing. One final thing that will be a great use of your time in the coming year. One wise thing, one great thing. And that is to make time for service. Make time this year to serve the Lord. I know that some of you are struggling physically. Some of you are finding it difficult mentally or emotionally. But I want to encourage you, no matter what state you're at, whatever your limitations are, find a way this year to serve the Lord. That's what Jesus did, didn't it? He just spent his time serving. He invested his life serving others. One of the most humbling examples is in John 13. Then he arose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Isn't that beautiful? There he is, Jesus, the one who said he came not to be served, but to serve. There he is, Jesus, our example. And I want to encourage you this year to serve the Lord, knowing that your service will be rewarded, knowing that your service will be appreciated, knowing that your service will have eternal consequences. Serve the Lord in 2023. Let me finish on that note by reading a poem, one that I have read before. But one that I think at the start of 2023 is worth reading again. Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart and from my mind would not depart. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a brief few years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears, each with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep. In joy or sorrow thy word to keep. Faithful and true, where'er the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure for thy throne. Only one life, 
twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life. Yes, only one. Now let me say thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say twas worth it all. Only one life. Twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Only one life, twill soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Let's do for him in 2023 what he calls us to. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you so much for the life that you've given us, for the time that you've given us to live on earth. And Lord, whether our days be many or few ahead, we pray that you'd help us not to be unwise with how we spend our time. Oh Lord, help us to bend the things that are not helpful to us and are not pleasing to you. And instead, may we use our lives wisely every minute and every hour and every day, may we use it in a way that honors you and pleases you and glorifies you. Father, I would pray that if there's one thing that you want each person to take away today, that you would implant it deep upon their heart and in their mind, and that as they leave here, that they would help, you would help them by your spirit to work out how to live in light of it. But Lord, thank you for the precious time we have Help us to enjoy you, to serve you, to have time with others, to rest, and to just grow in our love for you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.